Podcast, where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, David Michael, and the whole crew is here, Tony, Tripp, and Mo. What's hey. up, fellas? Hey, what's up? What's up? How are you guys feeling? It's warm out for yes. once. And it's yes. also allergy It is, is quite. Is that a word? allergy Yes. Allergistic? Uh, al- al- aller- I feel allergized. Allergized? <laughs> yeah. Allergized. Well, me and Tony went and listened to some tunes over yes, by the river. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Mad River. Yes, Keeping it 1,200, as they say. Yeah. Watch some wax. The legendary Ike B, the legendary Spare Change, the legendary Fatty Lumpkin. And Danny D. Danny D. Sex who box. am I missing? Sex Box. Sex Box. That's it. Uh, oh, no. Mary Deaton. Mary, yeah. DJ Mary, Mary Deaton. Deaton. I think yeah. that's the name she goes by. That was fun. I actually got some sun. I'm like feeling it up here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feeling it was cool crispy. to see it like in the middle of downtown. Yeah, it was. Like, you know, for, just for the general public to come out and hang out and... The only my only complaint was that the reaver was wicked. Yes, it was a it's a very big room. Yeah, not but it was a room. It's like a outdoor. pavilion, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's got are those more tents? like a more like a tent, like a circus tent. Okay. If you yeah, will. but there's like uh, uh, I want to say rafters. That's not trussing. the right word. Trussing on the inside mm-hmm. for lights and stuff. So it's okay. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, today we're talking about getting more DJ gigs. This is a highly requested topic. Whether that's you know sometimes we'll ask like what do you guys want to hear? This is something that comes up, and then a lot of times when people are joining the Facebook group, the uh, Passionate DJ Community group, we ask them a series of three questions, and you know like how did you hear about Passionate DJ, and what do you struggle with the most? Well, people say getting more gigs. My, like, my favorite struggle was the one guy who said my weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out Marcus. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, we see that one come up over and over again. How do I get more gigs? How do I get more gigs? And you know, we talk about that a lot, but I think it's time to do do the real show, right? So, sure. Absolutely. Um I think I'm just going to jump right into it because there's a lot to talk about here. And these are going to be basically just kind of general ideas, suggestions. You know, it's not like here's the 10 step plan to getting you more DJ gigs. It's like, here's some thoughts. Take what you can will out of this. Yeah, because there's no prescription for this. Exactly. the, The same method to get one gig is not going to work always for another gig. Like, right. It, it, it's it's a very hands-on, very involved process because you're dealing with people. It's a very social thing. Yeah. So, for example, if we say, like, hobnob with the other DJs in the venue, that might not make sense to the wedding DJ who's the only person there every time. Right. You know, right. so take that with a grain of salt, obviously, but there should be uh, definitely something here for everybody. We're going to cover a lot of ground, and I want to start with building an online presence. And I'm going to start there with the website. And I'm going to look around and say, do any of us have a functional personal artist page right now? Oh, like <laughs> artist page, artist no. Page, like a web page or yeah, like a, a social media like page? Like the djdingo.com or something like that. I set it up. I just haven't pushed it out because I don't yeah. have any pictures that I like that ah. I would use in a avenue like that. Like yeah. I have stuff I post on Facebook of me like interacting with other people. And actually, with intention, at my last wedding that I did, I got with the photographers, and I was like, "Hey, you know, would you, if I paid you some extra money, would you mind taking some pictures of me interacting with the crowd and stuff like that?" And they said, "Oh yeah, absolutely." And I haven't actually got those back yet. I have to follow up with it, but that was the intent of that was to yeah. use that on my .dot com page versus my Facebook page. Have you ever had a trip Turlington or digital psychosis .dot com or yep, anything like that? I've got yeah. a trip Turlington .dot com right yeah. now. Um, I, I I I want to augment the, the the pictures on it right now. I've got the same like half dozen pictures, you know, cycling through like some widget, you know, yeah. or whatever. But um, but yeah, uh, I've got all of my uh, affiliations, past and present, up there. Uh, you know, logos and you know, bio and all of that kind of stuff up. But uh, I've got a calendar up there, but you know, I have, uh, we've talked about it before. I haven't really been playing as much, yeah. um, over the past couple of years. So it's a little bare, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've got that one up and, um, I, I do not keep a Facebook artist page. Um, had some personal issues with it a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, uh, when Facebook didn't really give us as content 
as the as the page owners yeah they they didn't give you a whole lot of control and i had a little bit of a personal issue with a particular female from my past uh, okay. who decided to you know turn it into her personal playground and oh good yeah so that's always fun yeah so i ended up having to shut the page down uh, to you know, just to eliminate that, and so that's why there is not a digital psychosis or a trip Turlington Facebook page. Gotcha. But, uh, the but I do have the website up. Yeah. Tony, you have a. I have a Facebook page. page. I, I I have the domain TonyDesero dot com. Okay. And I used to have a um, a landing page on there, but now I don't have anything on there. And you have three dimensional dot com. Three dimensional dot com. Yeah, but nothing that's really related towards booking me. Yeah, I know. I um, on my Facebook, I, I before I even had an artist page, I already had like a couple thousand friends on Facebook, and if like if I would have switched all of that to my DJ page, it wouldn't have made sense because I could promote to more people on my personal page than I could right. on DJ right. page. So I just I just kept my I mean my personal page now I have I don't know I'm somewhere around four thousand something on my personal page and it's just. I don't really, I'm not pushing gigs like you're not, you know, so. And that was my big problem too at the time uh, (coughs) that I set up my artist page on Facebook is that I had the same exact problem. I had far more people that on my personal, uh, like on my actual personal Facebook uh, friends list versus the number of people that liked the page. And even the people who did like the page, they said, well, we see the stuff on your personal page more than we see any yeah. of the posts from your artist page. So if there's not a way to you know, leverage that and get more people to like the page and get them to see the content on the page, well, you know, okay, fine. You know, I'll just use my personal page to promote stuff. Um, it, but I mean, Facebook's algorithms have probably changed a dozen times since then. So uh, it's hard probably change a dozen times a day. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I still, I actually did create a Facebook artist page. I don't really remember why I did it, but I think I tie, more tie that into um, Instagram because I don't really use Instagram for my personal stuff, but I do use it for my DJ and my coaching for CrossFit stuff. Right. And I kind of let those things sort of bleed over and just kind of use it as like a medium for people just to see all the things I'm doing like music wise just daily stuff and obviously posting barbecue pictures pretty routinely right <laughs> <laughs> all right well I got, I got to rewind it a little bit to the website part because I'm not done there yet oh sorry oh. sorry <laughs> we're skipping to the next bullet point Dang it. um My bad. yeah on the the website thing I own a dmichael.org but it hasn't been active in a good couple of years um I'm in a similar situation I've put it together and then not published it mm-hmm. and then changed it and not published it and um I had one running for a while when I was under a different name, and then I changed my name, so obviously I stopped using that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, I'm, I'm not I'm like preaching that you should have a website when I currently don't have one, so <laughs> right. I, I fully realize the uh, the problem there. But uh, some things that uh, you would want to consider to have for your website, you know, this is like your home base. So, you know, it, it's one instead of like, do I give them my SoundCloud? Do I give them my Instagram? Do you, you have one spot where you can be like, yeah, just check me out, dmichael.org, it's got everything you need. Right. And as long as you built the website in a way that actually does have everything you need and it's not overly complicated or horrific looking <laughs> or right. anything like that, <laughs> train wreck, it yeah. can be very convenient to just have that portal. You know, right. it, um, it seems a lot like Crystal Grid, the way that they do it now, um, it's just it's a landing page, but it has all of the you know all of the socials yeah. where you can go down and you can click the social. Because it seems to me that people spend more time on the social networks anymore than they would go to a dot com. Traditional web. Yeah, yeah. The, the only nice thing, like here, I'll go through the bullet points here. Like for the the website, um, a lot of the stuff is covered by social, like you said, like photo gallery. Well, you can kind of do that on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, social links, but having like playable mixes. Stuff That's what like I that. was going to say is that I found that was incredibly convenient. I, I ended up uh, going with uh, one of our sponsors, uh, uh, Banzoogle, and on my music page, they have all the plugins for SoundCloud, MixCloud, and yeah. all of that stuff. So all I did is I just created multiple sections, you know, so here's unreleased material, 
here's all of my released material here are mixes and and all of that stuff and it and it made it incredibly easy to like sort all of that stuff all on one page so what are you looking for do you want mixes do you want tracks what you know what are you looking for yeah it's pretty cool and a lot of people do just what you said tony they they'll do the kind of squeeze page thing where it's just a a single landing page yeah Yeah, and and here's my social links or here's my one download that i'm currently promoting or, or whatever and that's the reason people do that is because of the social media phenomenon of right. grabbing that attention it's like here's one clear call to action do this this is what i want you to do or see you're here the right attention now. span right. is not that much yeah right <laughs> yeah exactly um other things you might want on there merch if you have any or if you're selling anything mm-hmm. it's a good place to do it um and a place to or a way to capture followers which obviously you also do on social media but you can capture like email followers that you know you can build an email list that you own Mm -hmm. for example a good like on a landing page of anything um fabrizio um which does a lot of social media marketing one thing that he said that always hit with me is when people land you know on a page that has a you know a good amount of real estate a 15 second video of you explaining to them you know the little 15 second sale pitch of you who you are what's going on real quick you know he said that's normally really, really good because people yeah. want to see that video, that content. Who am I dealing with? Even, right. even, uh, and, and when and saying that, Brett, uh, Second Nature, mm-hmm. his is really good because as soon as you log on the page, like, hey, I'm Brett in Second Nature, and it just tells Here's you who what he I is. do. Yeah, yeah. Just boom, he hits you, he like kicks you in the face as soon as you click on. You know, I think that's a really good example yeah. of how to have a really sexy web page. Well, let's go ahead and move into the social media since we started touching on that. You know, this is kind of each social network is is basically a portal for you to interact with your fan base so not a distribution channel (laughs) right like not just a place to post to spam all day you know we've driven that point home plenty i'm sure but um you know one thing to keep in mind obviously on social media every interaction that you have on facebook or instagram or twitter or whatever you're building your personal brand (laughs) with each little interaction you're building your reputation your you know people are going to remember the negatives for a lot longer than the positives positives, right and so something to keep in mind with just you know speaking to how we carry ourselves on social media um you know finding a balance between you know you do need to use those social media channels to promote that's why we do them you know why we have them but, you know, we want to find a balance and not be that spammy DJ that we all know. Right. right. Um, well, well, and, it, and, <clears throat> and it comes back to the the social in social media. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I know that. Yeah. I mean, people that, forget that. Right. Because, like, you know, what we want is for our music to connect with people. And I've I've beaten this horse you know, into glue a few times, you know, in the past year, especially. But um, don't say that too loud. My horses might hear you, dude. Oh, <laughs> they're right there. They're right they're there. Right there. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it, it, it takes the extra work. It takes a little bit of extra effort, but to make those connections yeah. with people, you know, so find content that's out there that you can throw out and and see what sticks you know find articles find uh you know other artists that are similar to you and find things that they are doing and you know so post these articles and post those links and all of that stuff and and try to engage your your audience to see who who's biting and once they bite then find that find your in basically is what it boils down to have a conversation with them yeah and at some point and this is where the art is in you know the conversation where you're having this conversation with somebody and then they they you know say something that you know gives you the opportunity to to make the sale and yeah you know uh, you know let's you know uh one of the examples that i had heard at some point was you know take uh if you if you post like a like for mo um as a dj 
and somebody who's into CrossFit, he may, you know, be posting some CrossFit videos or, or uh, content or whatever. And then when, as people are talking about this, well, then when they start talking about their workout, then that's an opportunity for Mo to say, oh, but here's this, you know, super aggro mix that I made that's perfect for, you know, those those quick bursts of power lifting or here's a really steady house mix that I made for, you know, running and stuff like that. So then that gives you the opportunity to say it's not just me spamming you with a link, but here here is something that I made and it's it's a product that you can use for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. And and even before you get to that point like just that interaction, just keeping the conversation going. Because the thing is, modern social platforms reward engagement. Right. And engagement is measured by likes, hearts, follows, mm. shares, the amount of time somebody keeps their uh, screen, you know, hovered over your post, you know, stuff like that. And so, you know, the those posts that are getting a lot of engagement get boosted in the algorithm of say Facebook. Right. And so more people see them because Facebook is like, Oh, people are engaging with this. This is good content. Facebook's primary intent is to keep you on their platform. So if you keep seeing things that you like and will interact with, you see how this works, right? It it just keeps the loop going. Um, and that's one more hit. Yeah. And, and that's, (laughs) 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 but that's also why it's important to mix up the types of posts that you make. I've, I've talked about this before, like try some text posts, try some polls, try some questions, try photos, try live streams, try uh, mix it up because different people are going to engage with different types of posts. Right. Um, Facebook's algorithm is going to act differently depending on the type of post. And we don't always know <laughs> what that what we, that uh, is, we yeah. never really know right. how that is. You know, it, it changes all the time. Right. So if you're mixing it up, at least you're kind of spreading the risk around i guess is yeah. you know diversifying your portfolio yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and but trip talks about that example where you know tying in one of my mixes to try and bring two different cultures together like the first time i ever did that it was kind of like i was very cautious because i didn't want to be spammy like hey listen to my demo you know here's my yeah. mixtape you know but uh doing that and be like you know there was someone was just sort of chatting about music hey you know and it is almost exact word for word what trip said I had this mix, you know, you might want to check it out if you like it, you know, just share it with your friends and just sort of left it out there. And I kind of forgot about it. I looked on SoundCloud, like the numbers like had skyrocketed because like, I guess people had been sharing with other people and there was really mm. no way for me to track that. So that was kind of cool that people actually organically shared yeah. some of that stuff and it got me some traffic. So, and you know, social networks and, you know, app software companies, like they want to keep you on their app. So if you keep that in mind, you can kind of, it, it, that kind of helps educate you, like how to use it, right? Mm-hmm. So, one thing is like try out all the different features of the social networks that you're attempting. Tony, this is something you're great at. I've noticed because like you'll be like, "Did you see this Snapchat thing?" I'm like, "I didn't even know you could do that." You know, right. there's all these features that we don't know about, and when, especially if it's a new feature, like that company is like boosting that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they want more people to see it there. So they'll, if it's algorithmic, they're going to put it in front of more followers and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's a fill out every field that you feel comfortable filling out in your Facebook fan page. You know, I mean, as long as it's not like, here's where I live and <laughs> whatever. Right. Get what you wish for. Um, and, you know, like we said, just be sure to engage back with, with your fans um, right. because it's a good thing to do and it's good for the algorithm. Uh, promo materials. There's the EPK. You know, this is like... An EPK is an electronic press kit. Electronic press kit, thank you. And it's like hyper-focused on all of the stuff that like the media or a promoter would need. Would be a good way to say that? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Probably short bio on there would be good. We could probably spend some time talking about that, but we we actually have an article that we can link in the show notes. Yeah. I will quickly say, um, as a promoter, don't send me a bio that's three paragraphs long. Yeah, and nobody cares that you were like a three-year-old prodigy. And, yeah, <laughs> and that you open for 50 different DJs. Just name the top 10 that are, you know. Right. Yeah. That are yeah, short is, short is key. And yeah. more now, more so now than ever, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, promo videos, some people are doing that as well. Um, same kind of deal. 
30 seconds is probably good. 90 is probably pushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somewhere in there would be good. If yeah, it's hard to keep people's um, uh, attention yeah. for that long. So definitely make it short and sweet. For sure. And whatever it is, grab, grab their attention in three seconds because they're scrolling. Yep. <laughs> right, right, right. Make it something sexy. And make sure the scenery is... Or is even is, silly. You know, uh, yeah. a buddy of yeah. mine, uh, uh, his name's Luke. He, uh, he runs a company called uh, Base Gorilla. And... Um, so if there's anybody out there who's into uh, like learning how to produce and stuff like that, he's got a great platform over there uh, that teaches you sound design and arrangement, music theory, all of that stuff. For and it's geared towards electronic producers, but like he he's been kind of silly with some of his videos, and like one of them, um, he's got a new course out uh, where you're learning how to do like all these like crazy, like sound design things with Joe Ford, if anybody's familiar with that guy. Um, but so I'm scrolling one day through Facebook and then all of a sudden I see Luke in, in, in a video and he's like waving, pointing, you know, <laughs> oh, at everything beneath. It, yeah. Okay, and he's like, sweet. Hey, and he's like pointing downward towards the thing. And then, like points up like he's like you know motioning his fingers like hey turn the volume up so then like he's acting kind of silly so it was like wait what is he doing and then like he waited like just you know made just enough of the silly mannerisms and gestures or whatever to like get your attention and then times it so that by the time you actually do turn the volume up and he says hey (laughs) 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 it was it was yeah i mean he he timed it just right like he 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 gets you know he gets it you know but but in turn breaking that 15 second barrier right 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 that's pretty smart um, you know, just, to, you know, things like that. So whether it's something like super attention grabbing, you know, whether it's like super sleek and, mm-hmm. you know, modern or, or, you know, whatever Pleasant to the eye, right. Or if it's something goofy or silly Quirky. or yeah, yeah, that does sell. Yeah. And you know, this is something that if you have a history with video editing and shooting video and stuff, you could do yourself. Um, you could also hire this out through many different online services. One that jumps out is Fiverr, you know, mm-hmm. F-I-V-E-R-R. Um, it would be more than five bucks for something decent probably, but for pretty cheap, you can get, you know, somebody to put one of these together for you who that makes does that. For a Fiverr. For a Fiverr. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> that's, what, wondering what it meant. that's the way it started was that it was $5 Everything was five gigs. bucks. Yeah. And then yeah. they started, you know, now that you can adjust them, but. Right. Um, Mind blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget that, like, you know, there's there's all kinds of people, um, even locally, you know, it, it, there's all kinds of people who are constantly picking up photography and videography as, as hobbies. Photography and videography is actually becoming the new DJ. Right. Yeah. Quote, right. unquote, DJ. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, there's, there's all kinds of people out there that are learning and figuring this stuff out. And, um, you know, we, I mean, we know plenty of people that, uh, we've kind of, uh, reached out and had different pictures and, and, uh, videos and actual like montages and stuff. Done. Isn't that step number one though? Bomb ass photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a good promo video have be an introduction to you and your sound? I would say up to three killer facts or endorsements or accolades or whatever, something impressive about you. I wouldn't go crazy with it, but, you know, maybe one or two cool things. Three is pushing it. Yep. <laughs> Testimonials are good, especially if you're a mobile DJ, mm-hmm. wedding DJ, something like that. Right. Those are worth their weight in gold. Absolutely. Yeah. Good for your website as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media info and a strong call to action. So this would be like whatever you're trying to get them to do. Follow me, subscribe, uh, sign up for my email list, whatever that is. Make sure you state it clearly at the end of the video so that you give them somewhere to go when you're done. Swipe up. Swipe yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the platform, right? Right, right. With the call to action, though, yeah. one thing, you know, kind of checking that Gary Vee mentality. What is it? Hook, hook, hook. Or... Jab, 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 right, jab hook. right hook. You know, you, you keep a... I, I, I've kind of reserved myself from asking for too much. Like, you know, a, yeah. like initially saying, hey, just send us a pic of you at your gym or send us a pic, you know, of you listening to music or whatever. And then, and, and then like finally like four or five shows into it, asking them, hey, we really appreciate if you give us a five-star review on Facebook and, um, and iTunes. Like yeah. you said, you know, give, give, give. You know, maybe not asking for something really substantial, 
But then once you've got them hooked in, then ask for something that's going yeah. to be of benefit to you. It's, I mean, even if you just walk up to somebody and you ask them to do 10 things, they're not going to do 10 things. No. So pick the one you really want them to do mm-hmm. <laughs> this right. time and do that, you know, ask for that. And that, that's basically the way, I mean, it's the same thing as the, the squeeze page style website we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, here's one thing. Do this. Right. Click if on this big here, shiny button right If here. you're here, your only option is click this or mm-hmm. X the page out. Uh, another good thing to do if you're wanting to get more gigs is to actually do your research. So this would be like scouting out other nights in your area um, for stuff that you are already playing or stuff that you want to play arriving early so that you get a feel for what the night actually is and if you're playing, you know, where to take it. Um, it, it it's, I never like to show up like five minutes before a gig. I, I, I've never done that ever. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't think of a time. It gives me anxiety to do that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I have no idea like what I'm, mm-hmm. wh- what I'm following up here. The showing up earlier is sort of dictated by what type of DJ. Cause we're not just talking to club DJs. You were talking to mobile guys around and mobile. Yeah. You better show up early. Cause yeah. the stuff ain't going to set itself. Up. <laughs> um, yeah, talking to guys like Serato and Brains out there, you know, I know they show, show up well in advance. For me, depending on the scope of the event, I'm, I might even do like a site visit. Like the last one I did was pretty big. There was like 300 people at the wedding. So when they actually came to do the site survey, because they were from out of state, and I wanted to actually physically meet them because I never had the opportunity. Everything was done over the phone and through email. So I actually went out there like in January, and the wedding wasn't until two weeks ago, and just like checked out the site and like kind of walked yeah. through things in and see what they wanted to do versus what I felt comfortable doing, like where they wanted to put me versus where I felt I should be and trying to massage all that stuff versus just showing up day of me like, Oh shit, this that stuff goes a long right. way too. And that's, right. that's good for referrals. Cause yeah. they will tell their people, you know, that ask, Hey, do you, what, how was your wedding DJ? Mm-hmm. Oh, he came yeah. out months in advance mm-hmm. and that goes a long way. And I used to like send him videos like every couple of weeks, like, mm-hmm. Hey guys, you know, you're 45 days out, you know, I still oh, nice. need I still need some stuff from you. You know, I need this playlist. <laughs> I need to know these names, blah, blah, you know, quit fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going with that, Tony, like you said, the one thing that I kind of felt paid dividends for me driving 50 miles away uh, was the manager of the venue. She was like, I've never seen anyone come out and do a site visit, let alone come out for the rehearsal. She's like, I'd absolutely refer you to anybody asking. So, mm-hmm. you know, that extra time and effort that I invested hopefully will pay dividends in the future. So. Yeah, you always, it, whether you're doing that, you know, in, in a wedding situation, it'll be, you know, bridegroom, uh, wedding planner, whoever's in charge. Um, in the uh, more club DJ space, you know, promoters, managers, anybody like that, you want to interact with those people and and foster those, those relationships. relationships, those mutually beneficial relationships, you know, because so many people kind of, they kind of do a pump and dump thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With gigs or with, <laughs> <laughs> not great for the uh, round two. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's doing research, thinking outside the box. Um, you know, thinking about warm up slots. A lot of people think of this as like warming up for a headliner at a club right. or something like that, but there are a lot of different things that you can warm up as far as being a DJ. Like, for example, I play, there's a fashion show that I wouldn't call it annual, but it's every year or two called Ohio Classic. And I'm usually hired to play the pre-fashion show part. So I kind of warm the party up while everybody's having hors d'oeuvres and drinking champagne and doing a photo shoot and hobnobbing and stuff. And I just play something like chill out jazzy stuff hip-hop whatever mm-hmm. so i consider that a warm-up gig because i'm warming up for the actual show where the djs are coming on and doing their time slots and and doing the thing um so that's what i mean by thinking outside of the box mm-hmm. it's not just like i want to warm up for sasha <laughs> right, <laughs> it could be like right, right. oh maybe <laughs> like hey they're doing this thing anyway there's no music maybe they'd like me to play mm-hmm. you know in the background yeah, and because of hearing you guys say stuff like that, and especially with Trip talking about that value-added thing, that's how I ha- wound up uh, getting involved with a lot of these events that n- normally wouldn't have music, like all, all these breast cancer fundraisers were raising $100,000 a night. Um, the most recent one I did was this comedian. Her name is Heather Land. 
I don't know if you ever seen the Facebook videos with the uh, girl who does the I ain't gonna do it videos. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, oh, uh, they're mildly annoying, but you know what I'm talking about. Though, yeah, because right? she's she uses that Snapchat filter. Yeah, up. yeah. And, uh, oh, uh, I would rather shit razor blades than do it if, for another minute. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what so, you're talking about. Yeah. You know, talking about with the value added thing that you always bring up. It, yeah. I actually leveraged my ability to show that I can offer value to actually I DJed her VIP session for what? her. Um, yeah, that's what I was doing two weeks or was it last week? Yeah, last weekend. No shit. I, I DJed her little VIP session. Yeah. And then um, I was actually playing music uh, prior to her coming on stage and, huh. then, and then playing music during the intermission. And I played music at the end. And that's where I played crystal clear. And I sent you guys the video. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to the guys and they were like, oh, crap. Holy shit. <laughs> so they just give it an opportunity and just creating opportunities for yourself where they otherwise wouldn't exist. And that was, I felt was like a pretty decent opportunity for me. Cause that's something I can put on my resume now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea is like, I think a lot of us get stuck in this, this loop of like, I want to get more gigs, but I just, there's only so many places I can play where, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, if you're only thinking of clubs, bars yeah. or clubs or whatever right. your Hell, your you thing played at is. a sushi restaurant, right? Yeah, I played at... <laughs> Salar. At, yeah, yeah. Salar. And I played I really at, want to do that, dude. That sounds like so much fun. I've played at consignment shops. I've played at street fairs, you know, fashion just kind of like, yeah, random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because of that, I did the fashion show at my son's college. Okay, nice. You know? Fashion shows are kind of fun. A little different. As yeah. long as you don't mind that, like, I think you would have, you probably have fun doing it because it's that kind of, it's kind of like your sports yeah. ones. It's like there's timed mm-hmm. events that happen and you got to like pay attention to what's going what's on going on the stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we, we mentioned the Passionate DJ Community group on Facebook. You can join that by going to passionatedj.com forward slash community. I posted in there, what are some unique or unusual DJ gigs that you've played or observed? And I'll just read a few of these off. Our friend Caitlin said that there was a gym in Chicago that had a DJ spin class every Wednesday. She said she went to check it out once, and it was pretty interesting. They had live DJ mixes, and the BPM dictated your workout. And actually, I'm going to jack that idea and go hit up a couple of these spin uh, bars here in town. Yeah. Yeah. LA Fitness. I played at LA Fitness. Oh, you did? Quite a bit. There's one cycle bar I think they have here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to hit them up to see if they're interested. Philip says, I haven't done it yet, but next week I'm DJing at a, na- at a Native American tribal community. Uh, our ambassador, DJ Serato, says that he DJed a Star Wars-themed uh, wedding, wedding yeah. ceremony last nice. week. Very cool. Yeah, he's posted a picture of it. The bride walked down the aisle with Darth Vader and a stormtrooper. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> wow. The vows were Star Wars-influenced and everything. I thought that Amazing. sounded kind of fun. Amazing. Uh, your friend Brian, the guy that taught you how to DJ, mm-hmm. Mr. Tony. He said, he, I once played in the cheese section at the grand opening of a Whole Foods store. <laughs> and I said, oh, wait. And I tagged John Chapel. <laughs> so he might want to reply here. And so then he said, the frozen food section of Costco and Beaver Creek. Yeah. Nice. Um, I bet that set was cold. <laughs> oh. <Ice> hey. <laughs> uh, Dylan says he played at a Harley Davidson dealership a couple of times. Terry Terry Haymore says a, he literally played a real player's ball with real pimps and prostitutes. What? He said it was stressful because I was scared to deny any song requests. And <laughs> yeah. because How you want it? How you want it? <laughs> and because this was back in the day of vinyl, I was hoping that I had the song. Mm. Nice. Uh, Jared, he's uh, we met him last week. He said before we were Crystal Grid, Cody and I played a creative meetup in an abandoned factory building. We brought two 15-inch powered speakers, and someone had a power converter that they hooked up to a car with about 100 <laughs> feet of extension cord. Nice. <laughs> nice. Is that the one where they cased the joint before the night before? That must be. Because they didn't want to get stabbed or something? <laughs> Our ambassador, Tom Reed, says he played trance at a closed strip club in Wisconsin, or the, in the Wisconsin Dells back in the February of 2000. Peter says that he played a Harry Potter-themed record spin outside a shopping mall for Halloween. <laughs> Nick Brenner says, I played in a shipping container at Barnyard Boogie, a rave in Illinois. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds like fun. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that That's like some cool. party monster shit in the back of like a, <laughs> a, a semi-truck. I um, I, I played a gig. My, my cousin, he's a distant cousin, he works, uh, he works for a production company that was hired from Procter & Gamble. 
and they were doing it was called i want to say it was called like 40 and 4 or something like this but they flew me out to dallas i flew out on a thursday friday morning i went in for rehearsal had friday night available saturday morning about six o'clock went back into rehearsal but they took this this warehouse it's about this not a warehouse it's a convention center in the middle of this ho- this huge hotel in, in dallas and it was like all of the owners and managers of all of um like meyer walmart that where procter and gamble's products go into and they mm-hmm. had they had all of the um I don't even know what their position would be called, but they are the head of every department of Procter and Gamble. So you had like, so like men's products, dudes. you had okay. women's products and all of the heads of Procter and Gamble. Well, they flew me out there. They already had my list of songs. They put me in an outfit that they wanted me in. And I had an earpiece in my ear and I, I played probably for 40 minutes on a Saturday morning. Hmm. And this, they made this place look like Times Square, New Year's Eve. They they sunk huh. 250 G's into this production. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. They made this this uh, convention center look like Times Square. And I mean, I had my own stage as a DJ. I had my own cameraman, like TV cameras, like pointed no at kidding. me. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. And they had the huge. Their stage looked like Times Square. They did a ball drop, but it was a, just a huge conference. I didn't really have to do anything. Realistically, but get paid. Like nothing. Yeah, they paid me. <laughs> they flew me out there. Um, they put me up in a five star resort. I played for fifteen minutes. They flew me back the next day, and they paid me two G's to do that. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was cool because I'm in I'm in this convention center with probably five thousand people. You know, they're all walking in. They had the pillars look like street corners, and they had saxophone players. You know, saxophone oh, nice. playing on it. It was it was really really neat. They made this place really look like Times Square. That's probably one of the coolest gigs. Yeah, I mean, no I played kidding. a lot of cool gigs with a lot of big DJs mm-hmm. and festivals and things like that. But from but the aesthetics, but yeah, the aesthetics, yeah. yeah it was really really neat it was very it was very well produced i mean i had a producer in my ear like dj q song two and go and it was it was pretty cool it was supposed to be hosted by ryan seacrest but i know right but he uh he couldn't make it but it was it was pretty cool you know they it was no kidding yeah that sounds cool i've never never heard you tell that story yeah they did it they did a countdown they did the ball was it for new year's eve huh was it for new year's eve no no it was in the middle of summer Huh. Yeah, but the just the whole conference was themed. Like it was all themed. Yeah. It was all themed yeah. forty and four. So it was like they wanted to make forty million in four years, or, or like sell forty million worth of products in four years. I, mm. I forget, but that's that's kind of the gist of it. And it was just huh. like a big morale boost for all owners and managers of Meyer and Walmart's all over the regions. Yeah. Huh. It was neat. Yeah, I never talked about it, but yeah. that is cool. Yeah, huh. I um. I'll give you a couple of pictures because it was really cool. My the backdrop of of my DJ booth yeah. was like uh, it was just a huge cloth drop, but it had like neon signs on it and everything. It was it was neat, and I'll show, I'll, huh. uh, I'll send you a couple of pictures so you guys can post in it or yeah. post yeah. in the notes or something. Another cool. cool thing that like we did were the boat parties. Like my my oh, yeah. buddy Jason and I, that was uh, some pretty cool stuff that we used to do. Was uh, I mean it was a it was still at, at its core, you know, just essentially a house party on a boat. But like, <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it, it was it was a unique thing, and that kind of became our shtick for ten plus years. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, those those parties drew so many different people that um, you know. It, it, it led to a lot of other opportunities because so many people wanted to play those parties that when they would contact us, then we were able to use those as like booking trades. Mm. So like, sure, you can come play for us, but you know, we book you, you book us and, and that sort of thing. So that's another way that you can like use, you know, whatever that you have to your advantage, you know? So if you're, if you are actually producing a show, um, or putting together, you know, something like uh, there's going to be people who want to play, and and if they've got connections elsewhere, then you know sometimes and and sometimes it leads to non-paying gigs. You know, a booking trade typically is you know, hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah. But you never know what those types of things will continue to lead to. So yeah, those are, you know, don't don't ever discount the the thinking outside of the box and unique gigs and all of that kind of stuff. That's still investing into yourself. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 
You mentioned our passionate DJ ambassador, Mr. Tom Reed. He sent in a uh, very concise voicemail with a suggestion on how to get more DJ gigs. Hello, passionate DJs. DJ Tom Reed here. The number one tip I have for getting more DJ bookings is very simple. Start writing music and getting it released. Yeah, right on the head. Yeah, I didn't even put that in my notes, and I like when I heard that back, I'm like, oh yeah, that's like I, I didn't even think of that, and it's it's funny because I think the reason is because I, I think I'm like you in this trip where I I consider them two worlds. They are. Not, this is a producery thing, and this is a DJ thing. But right. if the topic is getting more DJ gigs, that's very relevant to the conversation. Yeah, and and you know. <sighs> You know, there there was a time where that was like the differentiating factor mm-hmm. in that, you know, if you were writing your own tracks and able to get it released on wax, like there was like, you know, some real um, there was some real credo behind that. Um, nowadays, there's still some uh, you, you still get some of that uh, that street cred from having your stuff released by a label and getting it out there and all of that stuff. But, you know, because people can self publish now too, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of a, a balancing act, but, and because the technology has changed so much that anybody can pretty much, you know, grab any number of different pieces of hardware and software and all of this stuff and, and put together something, Yeah, you know? So really I, I, I don't disagree with Tom at all that I think the key is, is not just write your own music, but write good music, mm. you know, and, and make sure that you're not just throwing together four, four beats and blips and bloops. I mean, you know, puts, you know, make sure that whatever you're, you're putting out there, that you're putting your all into it, creativity, you know, creativity, as well as production value, and and even if you're self-publishing, then let your music speak for itself, and let that be your differentiating factor. Don't buy followers. Oh God, yeah, don't do that, because and and here's why, because Uh-oh. people are not fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it's obvious. Like, if I go to your SoundCloud page, you've got 10 tracks and eight of them have 200 plays and then two of them have 5,000 plays or 10,000 plays and 300 comments. You fucking bought that shit. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, because don't get me wrong. Like, I had a, one of my tracks uh, published through uh, Funk and Filth. Uh, because I, I, I did a remix contest for crafty cuts and I, mm. and I was a runner up. So the runner ups all got their stuff published, uh, or released through uh, a label called Funkin' built in the UK. Well, so that one particular track, yeah, has more plays, but it doesn't have so many more plays than all of my other stuff <laughs> right. that it's like, okay, well, yeah, this guy, but like, so yeah, you can have some of your stuff that's a little bit more popular or because it hits certain outlets, but like, no, if you have 200 followers and you have one track that has 25,000 plays, we but know what you did. Some of those would have trickled <laughs> over, guys. Come on. <laughs> or, the other or when you look at the followers and they have like one friend. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, definitely don't do that. Yeah, somebody pointed that out on a post the other day. They had posted how it didn't make sense that this act had 60,000 followers on Instagram and you go to their Facebook page and they had like 320 people right. that followed them on yeah. Facebook. Right. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. Right. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about doing outreach. Um, so, like when you're when you're pitching to somebody, uh, say you're trying to start your own night at a venue, for example, you should be able to explain the concept for that night in like five minutes or less, right? Like give them the elevator pitch, right. pitch, and tell them like what your what value you're going to provide to them. Okay, so like identify the gaps in their musical programming and then tell them how you can solve that problem you know and go in with that mindset to to walk in and be, present yourself as the problem solver you know what i mean right like, 
hey, I noticed that your Tuesdays are dead and I really think that there's a, a techno market out there to blah, 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 whatever you're going for mm-hmm. and, and try it out. Hey, let's try it out for four weeks and uh, you will go from there and we'll arrange payment if it works out after that or, you know, whatever you got to do to get that gig. Right. You know. Um, the only thing I would say to that is just be careful um, because sometimes... It, well, it, what you have because what you have to re- realize is that the bar and club scene, uh, those are businesses, and they and they are looking to get the best deal possible to get the True. most people in the door and keep them drinking. You know that's yeah. that's how these places make their money. So if you make some sort of a deal, if it if you're if you're going to come in the door trying to make some kind of a uh, an intro- like a yeah, yeah, like or, or like some kind of introductory, or you know, uh, you know, some kind of deal that has an expiration date, and then let's renegotiate. Make sure that stuff is clear because it's mm. super easy to say, you know, well, let's try it out for four weeks, for a, or for a while, uh, right? Or yeah, something gotta nebu- be specific, something nebulous, exactly. Yeah. And then next thing you know. Two years later, you're still doing it for no percentage of the bar tab, you know, right. and and that's that's a super no no. I think we had that story when I was still a listener is one of the uh, bad gig stories, where a guy that worked at a bar and he had a certain set time and he would play for free, and then their paid DJ would come in, and the paid DJ stopped coming, so the bar manager just expected this guy, our listener, <laughs> to keep not getting to keep paid, not getting paid, and filling that. A guy's slot and after yeah. a while he just like he said the bar manager yelled at him one time because he wasn't playing fast enough music or enough people were dancing and he's like fucking i'm out and he never went back yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame him yeah <laughs> but you know uh, again in the in the context for what we're doing but then you know that that is another thing that you can use to uh get more gigs is you know if you can set up the right type of night for the right type of venue, then you are essentially becoming the producer of that show. So you can put yourself on that show. Um, you can, you know, uh, like I said before, you know, network with other DJs to, for booking trades and say, okay, yeah, I'll bring you onto this show. What, and you bring me onto your show and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and, um, no, never mind. That wouldn't work. The other thing is don't forget the follow-up, which is what everybody forgets. Because, right. like, it's it's not always going to happen the first time you talk to somebody. Right. right? So, so plant the seeds, right? Yep. <laughs> and it, it's like expecting to shoot, like, to have a 100% accuracy rating all Every the time. Every time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how it works, right? So, you know, that that providing repeat value thing, too, also comes into play here. So, like, if... If I go to Tony and I'm like, hey, I, I really think my sound might fit for some of your shows. You know, I just wanted to let you know, wanted to get to know you, blah, blah, blah. And we start talking and stuff. And then he sees that I'm coming out to three-dimensional shows. I'm, you know, trying to be helpful. I'm always a positive uh, energy in the room and whatever that, you know, like over time, that kind of stuff is going to get noticed, I should right. think. One one thing that, that stuck with me... Um, and I don't want to say it's the only reason why, but um, one of the shows that I booked you for, the coming up show that, that you're on. You trip. Um, yeah, trip. Sorry. <laughs> um, the listeners can see you pointing. You know, one thing that that really stuck with me is I didn't realize how long it had been since you had been on one of our, our events oh. outside of the barbecue. Right, right. You know what I mean? And that, like, just you saying that, like, also stuck with me when I was going through this. Like, man, who who, who would be, you know what I mean? And then that right. stuck with me. And just that one little conversation, so. Right, yeah. It, it, it is amazing how, like, you know, because I've, I've had the exact same thing where, you know, when I was throwing shows all the time, I, I we would get into ruts where, and I don't want to call it ruts because, I mean, I, I like to think that, you know, the DJs that we booked on a regular basis, the, those were all very you get, talented you get a people. Mm-hmm. Right. But then it was it was easy to, like, fall into that pattern. 
and 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 stick with the same people but then mm. like you know like you just said like all of a sudden you're having a conversation with somebody and somebody says x y and z and you know oh by the way you know i haven't played one of your shows in a while well you haven't oh and yeah, it was, it's been yeah. like three years. <laughs> and it wasn't even a, hey, put me on type right, of conversation. Right, it was right. just something that you said that I absorbed. And right. when we were going through that, it clicked in my mind as I was, you know. Yeah. There's so much politics that comes into play there, too, as far True. as like when you mentioned, Trip, the um, getting stuck with booking the same people. Right. It, people start being like, well, oh, you just only book your boys or you only, you know, this is just yeah. for, you're not letting anybody into the circle and, and that sort of thing. And that's not always, A, that's not always the case, and B, that's not always the intent. Right. Sometimes that's just how it works out, you know. Right. And it's, you know, you've mentioned this, Tony, it's like that out of sight, out of mind thing too. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, if right. you're never out here talking to me or I don't ever see you playing shows or anything like that, I don't even know you exist it, at it, that it, moment. Yeah, exactly. It plays with the follow-up. Yeah. yeah. But even if you are present you know in tony's you know network and you're just not the right style of dj yeah he's not gonna book it he's not gonna book <laughs> it yeah and you can't take that personally right yeah and and, and you know I've, I've i've seen a lot of uh a lot of that over the years where like you know it, 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 a lot of it is your delivery a lot of it is is in your personality style like there's a lot of people out there that they're just not good at the political social game you know mm -hmm. and and that's okay you know it, it's most people aren't <laughs> right right and, and and you know i i'm i'm not the greatest at it either you know i'm a, i like to say that i'm an extrovert introvert you know <laughs> <laughs> like i i am pretty introverted but i'm extrovert you know, when I'm around select people, like I, I can turn it on when I want to. I think to. there's actually a term for that. Intrextivert. Right? Yeah. I'm totally joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is something like that though, that exists. I yeah. just can't think of what the word is. But, Social um, chameleon. You know, so, uh, but like, uh, you know, I've got some friends that I, that, who have gotten really, really frustrated with uh, their, their local scenes because, you know, they they feel like it's very much a closed circuit. You know, everybody, you know, uh, you know, rubbing each other's elbows and scratching each other's backs and all of that stuff. And no matter how air quotes here talented you are, that you are being shunned because you're not part of the inner circle. And it's like, you know, sometimes there's a little bit more finesse in it than just walking up to somebody and saying, Hey, I'm the greatest that ever fucking lived. You should be booking me and yeah. whatever. But, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes you're just not the right fit, whether it's socially or, or musically or whatever. Sometimes you just have to know when to cut the line and move on to somebody else who will give you a chance. Yeah. Um, it's a balance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if I, if I got upset, and and decided to quit over every promoter that didn't that book didn't me book i i would have stopped never start it, exactly like i would have i would have stopped in 1997 mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like and, and that's and that's the frustrating part when i see some of the people within my network who get so frustrated over that and they're like, you know, fuck everybody in my city. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm the greatest that ever lived and I'm this and I'm that. And, you know, but nobody wants to see me for what I am and da -da, because then it, it just makes you look bitter and negative and nobody wants to be around that. I, um, I think I want to uh, put a bow on this by talking about collaboration and yeah. make it more of a positive interaction with Amen. other people then. Yeah. So, you know, this is a great way to increase gigs for both parties or all parties that are involved if you do it right, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it helps you break into new markets. So if there yeah. are, you know, certain pieces, certain market segments that you don't really have a rapport with that audience collaborating with somebody is kind of like you you get to kind of sh share the clout right. <laughs> of the person that you're with for that you know right. what i mean and so it's kind of like oh i this person must know what they're doing or you know whatever because this person signed off on it this kind right, of right. Kind just of always make sure to marry up 
Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Boston. Yeah. Right. yeah, speaking from personal experience, because I'm the newest one to this uh, this city, it was kind of rough moving here and having to reestablish mm-hmm. who I was like in the CrossFit scene. Let alone like, I mean, I, I I play at therapy. That's about the extent of like my club playing. But I'm okay with that. I, I like it for what it is. But then leveraging that into all the stuff I do with the nonprofits and the corporate stuff that all branch from my ability to develop, to develop a, uh, the desire and the want to learn how to communicate with different groups of people in order to get those gigs. It might not be, I might not be playing at mask, you know, but I'm playing a bunch of, in front of a bunch of people that appreciate what it is I'm doing, even if they don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Sometimes that works to your advantage. Oh, too. absolutely. <laughs> They're like, what is this wizard with all these buttons? <laughs> like, like that last wedding, I, I I felt like I just I just didn't feel on the whole night. But then at the end, as they were leaving, oh man, you were so awesome, blah blah. I'm like, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the the dingo just rocked your party. <laughs> so you basically in that kind of situation where you're collaborating with somebody, you just want to you want to identify what each person's strengths are and play to those strengths because otherwise like why collaborate right if you right. if you both can do you're both good at the same thing then there's no point so yeah, identify right. how your relationship can be mutually beneficial yeah to to yeah. get towards a common goal right right um and the other thing is you know patience putting aside your ego and probably the biggest is good communication with whoever you're collaborating with which is the hardest part, I think, you know, because, you know, go, kind of going back to that, um, in the whole introvert extrovert thing, you know, a lot of us uh, have are, are maybe not, you know, the the most extroverted or the most uh, well communicative people, <laughs> you know, like it commu- real real communication is, is a hard thing. And, and because, and, and here's like, I'm stumbling all over this thing. Right. But it, because the ironically, hard, <laughs> uh, right. Right. Um, because the hardest part is, is honesty and, mm. and, and being mutually critical, but for a constructive yeah. purpose to, to push each other to get better and, and to, and to come toward that common goal, whatever it is. And that's why so many collaborations really fall apart. In my opinion, we're, we're sensitive people. Right. Absolutely. You know, we're passionate DJs. We're right. artists. We're musicians. And you know, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, we're and that's sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no one likes to be told that what they did sucked. Right, and, right. And, and no, and I mean, I'd say most people don't like to tell people that what they did sucked. Not someone you like. Yeah, not someone you like. Yeah. But at the same time, you have if you, someone's giving you feedback, just because I'm smiling and giving you the feedback, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be positive in your eyes. You have to be intelligent enough to accept the fact that they're willing to be honest with you. Right. Take that, digest it, don't get pissed off about it, and use that as a learning opportunity to become better at what it is you're trying to do. And follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Instagram.com forward slash passionate DJ. Any other final tips before we wrap up? No, I think I'm good. I'm good. Ooh. And this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. See you. Later. Peace. Peace.
Ryan's never laughed at that. I thought that was hilarious, and it took me like two hours to was make it, that. What was it? A, a video or a, a jiffy? A jiffy? What's it called? A jiff? Yeah, it was a jiffy. I put sound to it. Jiffy burp. Oh, shit, now i got to find it. It's fair to hear anything. So me and Stace and Tony have a shared...